Welcome to the Taylor and Jen podcast. Mornings with Taylor and Jen. Walk softly and carry a big dance number. <laughs> that's that's the spy motto. Life 107.1. There comes a time in the life of every man, woman, sometimes child. Oh boy. When you have to face a deep-seated fear. Oh my goodness. Jen, I did that yesterday. Oh yes, you're do, so do brave. Do you see the bravery radiating oh, off of me? I, I can't believe I get to stand, sit in your presence. You are not as enthusiastic about this as I thought you would be. Did you get a lollipop when it was all over? Okay, the eye doctor can be a little scary sometimes, Jen. It's an eye doctor. Well, okay, it's it's not so much the eye doctor part you of the... You don't get weighed. You one don't or two, get one or two. shots. You don't get any of the things. You well, just sit in a chair. But before that, they send you to the torture room, Jen. <laughs> not a torture room, You go Taylor. in, and there's the one machine, and it shoots a puff of air in your eyeball. Oh, no, no, And that. it's it's so uncomfortable. A puff? of air? But here's the problem. I However always... However did you survive? I always forget which one it is. And so, like, I'm <laughs> I'm pre-flinching on every single machine. Like, I go up and they're like, okay, lean into this one until the light turns green. And I'm, like, trying not to blink and my whole head is vibrating. And it's like, okay, the light just turned green. It flashed. We're good. And then you go to the one where it's, like, it shows you, like, the Roadrunner highway coming to a point yep. and there's a little hot air balloon at the end of it. Yep. And I'm like, surely the hot air balloon's gonna pop in my face. And that that's the air. Nope, not that one. You have some serious deep-seated fears it's and uncertainties. So, I think the first time I went, they didn't warn me and just like puffed air into my eyeball. And ever since then, <laughs> I build it, build it up in my head and then you get the air puffed and then they're like, see, we are superior to you. We can blow air in your eye whenever we want and tell you it's part of a medical procedure. <laughs> You're afraid of the eye doctor because of the puff of air. Mm-hmm. You're afraid of the puff of air. It, oh, You're afraid of a puff of air. It's a very uncomfortable puff of air, You're Jen. afraid of... Taylor's afraid of the eye doctor. Oh, it's... I mean, it's a specific part of going to the eye doctor. You're afraid of the eye doctor. It, it, no, it's the puff of air that goes into my eyeball when I go to the eye doctor. How is that any better? You're afraid of a puff of air. Because my eye doctor is very nice, and I don't <laughs> want to be afraid of him. <laughs> The puff of air is not okay in my book, and I'm not the only one who struggles with it, Jen. When I was at the eye doctor, they did the little puff of air thing, and he was talking to me, and like, I don't know, I guess I just braced for impact, and he was super close to my face, and he goes, are you holding your breath? (laughs) (laughs) It's the waiting that gets to me. It's just like sitting there, and Mm -hmm. it's, is it now? Is it going to be now? And Mm -hmm. then like, you blinked, we have to wait another 45 seconds. (laughs) By the time they get around to it, your eyes are like golf balls and yep. you're like, just do it. When I go to the eye doctor, I don't have a problem with the puff of air. That doesn't, that doesn't no. bother me. Nope. No. For me, the tool of fear mm. and torture is that little pick that the hygienist uses at the dentist. It's kind of like hooked around on the edge and it looks like it belongs in like a medieval dungeon. In what civilization is anything shaped like a (laughs) hook, a good thing to have near your mouth? Because that is, I mean, and that's always the nicest people in the world who are your hygienist. I mean, always, they're so nice. And then they come at you with this little hook thing. And then there's the scrape, 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 scrape. And I'm like, I can't even. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I, I just, I'm not, uh, 
I can't. And so I don't. And I haven't in a long time. <laughs> How long has it been since you had the uh, medieval torture weapon applied to the exposed bones from your face? These are exposed bones? Yeah, your teeth are bones. Oh, okay. Now that's even worse. I, I don't know. <laughs> I can't tell you. I can't remember the really? last time I went to the dentist. I take my kids a couple times a year. <laughs> you guys have to go. When you're a grown up, you can have poor dental care. I walked into my son's bedroom yesterday. I came back out alive. Good. Congratulations. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. There's something that's up on the wall in my son's room. It's a toy, Mm -hmm. but it's up on the wall. It's a skateboard. I'm going to tell you what I see when I look at that skateboard now as an adult. Okay. But first, I want to preface with this. I I don't like the skateboard. Okay. I just don't. don't. It's a toy that I don't like. When I was a little girl and I used to go visit my grandparents, I would go in and I would say hi to my Meme and Pepe, and then I would go out to their garage and I would find my uncle's skateboard. And I would play on that skateboard really? as much as I possibly could. You were a skater girl back in the day. Not really. I pretended. But I loved that skateboard. It was a big red plastic skateboard mm-hmm. that my uncles left behind, and I loved it. Loved it. Fast forward to now. When I look at the skateboard, do you know what I see? What do you see? Blank Children's Hospital. (laughs) (laughs) When you were a kid, thought it was awesome. Coolest thing in the world. When you were a child, you thought as a child. And then you grew up and something changed in your brain. (laughs) For Jen, suddenly the skateboard turned from an object of wonder into a one-way ticket to the hospital for her children. I don't like skateboards now. And I loved them as a kid. What is that thing that you loved as a child and then you grew up and... You the opposite of loved it. (laughs) My son, when he was like five, we had a serious sit down. And I told him that moms, all moms, like Lego sets that are 500 pieces or less. (laughs) All moms. Yeah. 500 pieces or fewer. Because that's 499 of them for you to step on. (laughs) Oh, my word. In the dark. In the dark. At night. That happens right after you step on the sit and spin. (laughs) I'm so glad they don't make those anymore. I wonder how many moms wrench their ankles on a sit. That was a health hazard. They went out of business because of the health hazard. I love those things, though. As a kid, that was like my favorite toy. Yeah, and it was my least favorite as a mom. I was like, okay, the sit and spin is in the backyard now. You thought that thing was the best ever. What did you love as a child that you don't care for much as an adult? Two words for you, Jen. Oh, boy. Ball pits. Oh. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. But because as a kid, they're so colorful they're so and fun. fun. Yes. But then as a grown up, you're like, okay, I like this in theory. And then you jump in and no. the smell of ah. stale French fries ah. wafts up and you start thinking about who all's been ah. here and how do you sanitize a ball pit anyway? When was the last time this ball pit was sanitized? Oh. And if they did, how can we be sure that they really did a good job? Because this is not an easy thing to clean. Have you ever like legit jumped in? To a ball pit? Uh, not in many, many years, Jen. I'm not that young. <laughs> As a kid, yeah. Doesn't it just look like it would be the most fun thing in the world? Yeah. I was like Scrooge McDuck. You jump in there, you you grab a few uh, in your mouth, and you spit them out. And then, as an adult, all you see when you look at a ball pit. And in 2020, let me tell you, ball pits are having a hard year in 2020. I wonder if it's true that too much knowledge can be a bad thing. You know, because when you're a kid, there are certain things that you look at and they're like, just like, oh, 
they have like the halcyon glow and it's like, oh my word, this is the most amazing thing in the world. The amazingness of it just overshadows anything else that might be dirty or exhausting (laughs) or weird. Or potentially hazardous. And And then you grow up. We want to know that thing that you loved as a kid. Not so much as an adult. When you walk into a restaurant that's like a more of a fast food place and the drink machine is huge. It's like a spaceship looking thing and it offers 50 different selections. I love those. You do? You're not a fan of that now, (laughs) Kelly. I am not. I walk up and my feet immediately stick to the floor. (laughs) Like I can barely get to the machine because I have to pry my shoes off of the floor because it's so sticky. And all of a sudden, I realize I'm surrounded by, like, 10 children that are, like, maybe 7 and younger, <laughs> all trying to mix them all. You really sound like an adult. Yeah, that, that was a very <laughs> grown-up assessment of the soda machine. Now, as a parent of a teenager, you know that there's about two times a day where you're going to get possible drama. Mm-hmm. In the morning when they're getting ready for school. And then when they're getting ready to leave school. Okay. Yeah. Those transitional times. Yes. Transitional times. One happens while I'm here. (laughs) And then the other happens when I'm home and sometimes taking a little bit of a snooze after my day is done. So this was happening. I was napping. I had just laid down. Bagel had come back in from doing his thing. And I had just settled down onto my bed. And you know, you can feel your body just kind of falling asleep. And I thought, oh, this is going to be wonderful. Yep. I'm going to take a nap. This it's is like so you're wonderful. sinking into your bed and your bed's 18 feet deep. Buzz. Buzz. I'm like, oh, no. It was my phone. Yep. So I look at my phone and I see the text. <laughs> Mom! Were there all capital letters in there? <laughs> Mom! I can't find my keys, mom. Mom, I can't find my keys. And I'm like, oh, Benjamin. So I'm like, did you did you look in your car? They're not there. Okay. Did you look in your backpack? It's not there. Did you look in your lunch bag? It's not there. Did you go talk to the office? They said they haven't seen them. They haven't been t- turned in. And I'm like, well, Ben, you're going to need to retrace your steps. And he's like, I know, Mom. You're not helping, Mom. <laughs> and I'm like, well, then why are you texting me? If I'm not helping, why are you texting me? So all this is happening in, in a text, you know. So he's like, I'll go figure it out. So then my phone goes dark and I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do? Yeah, now you can't go back to no, sleep. I can't, take a, I can't sleep. So I'm thumbing through my book or I can't even remember scrolling through Facebook. All of a sudden I found him. And that's all I saw. That's all he said. Just found him. So he got home and he walked into my room and I said, where were they? <laughs> Didn't say hello. Didn't say how was your day. I just said, where were they? And he's like. They were in a bathroom that I never went in. I never went in that bathroom. But the keys were in the bathroom. Okay. Probably one of the most asked questions in households. Where are my keys? Oh, my goodness. Yes. Have you seen my keys? Have you seen my keys? Where's my keys? Where did they go? I don't know. I mean, I asked that question around the office because everybody here at the office has to take care of my keys. We we are Jen's keys keeper. Anybody seen my keys? And Luann's like, they're in the kitchen. And we just want to know, where have your keys turned up? When I was a kid, I was about nine years old. My mother lost hers. Okay. She lost the entire ring. It had the house keys on it. It had the keys to my grandparents' house. Oh. It had the car keys. Oh. 
she had no idea where she lost it. And Dad's like, what are we going to do? <laughs> so we retraced all of her steps. We looked in the car. We looked in the yard. We looked in the house. Couldn't find it. Three days later, I went to hang clothes up on the clothesline for her, put my hand in the clothespin bag, and pulled out her ring of keys. In the <laughs> clothespin bag? Yeah, she said when she came home, she was grabbing laundry off the line, and the phone was ringing, and she dropped everything to run go get the phone, and she must have dropped her keys in the clothespin bag. Oh, my goodness. That's awesome. We That's didn't let perfect. her forget it for quite a while. <laughs> It's never a good time to no. realize your keys are missing because you only realize they're missing when you need to leave. Exactly. It's Saturday morning and I've got some appointment that I need to get to that I forgot I needed to get to until the exact moment that I needed to be running out the door. And of course, my keys aren't there. You went to grab your keys and they weren't there. Where's there? I have a little basket next to the front door that I put all of my like going out and about stuff. I've seen that basket. Yeah. yeah okay. And the keys weren't there. The keys are not in there. And well, so somebody must have stolen them. I'm Tasmanian devil <laughs> hurricaning around the house, trying to find my keys, checking all the likely places. <laughs> and then in a moment of stillness, as I'm trying to evaluate the situation, you retraced your steps, didn't you? No, I heard the laundry. You heard the laundry? And then I I thought to myself, I am currently washing the pants I wore yesterday. Oh, boy. And so I do one of those kind of trading off of my brain of like, how long is the laundry going to last? Is it worth it? Do I need to go? Yeah, I need to go. And so I go (laughs) down into the basement. I open up the laundry. And it's like right in that phase where there's just like the sudsy water all the way up to the top. And it's churning. I was like, well, here goes nothing. And so I got to reach into the middle of this active laundry machine. Taylor. and And I fish out my soaking wet pants and I pull out the the key that's, you know, one of the fob ones, so I'm hoping it hasn't gotten disabled. Oh, no. But I got my key and I got to my appointment. Very clean key. It it was, you know. (laughs) Did your fob work? There was a little lint in it. I didn't have time to run it through the dryer. For some of us, this is a daily occurrence. Mm -hmm. We lose our keys. I lose my keys at least once every day. (laughs) That ends in why it just happens. Where were you when you lost your keys? We were at a fundraising event, so it was hot and I was outside and we're checking the whole place. We're looking everywhere. And finally, I hit my side of my hip and I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> they were in your pocket the they whole were in time? Your pocket. No, no, not my pocket. I had high waist pants on. I tucked them in the yeah. side of the high waist. In the waistband. And yes. <laughs> Your keys were in your pants. You lost your keys in your pants. For an hour and a half. (laughs) That's a little embarrassing. That's the best when you have everybody looking for him, and then you find him on your person. Wait, I've had him the whole time, so hope you enjoyed that team building activity I just organized. Yeah! Aren't we all closer now? Back in the day, a long time ago, I really wanted to go work for the FBI. The FBI? Or the CIA. Oh, that's fancy. Because I really wanted to be a spy. I did. No, and I'm not lying. I I honestly did. You wanted to be a spy. I went and toured the FBI building. I went and toured whatever CIA site they would let me into. I I read about it. I talked about it. All this other kind of stuff. So like go undercover in all these places. I just thought it would be fascinating. I don't know if you'd be great at that, Jen. What? What are you saying? Okay, so if, if you're a spy, you have to be disguised. 
what you don't think I could put on a wig? You don't think okay. I could wear a trench it's, coat? It's a little think- a little more complicated than that. Like people are able to spot spies based on like little idiosyncrasies they have and little gestures and mannerisms. And there might What are you saying? There might be a few things of you that would be hard to coach out. <laughs> Like, like that what? sound, <laughs> that sound you literally just made. There is only one human on planet Earth who makes that sound. You would have to be the spy who doesn't laugh at anything. Oh, no, that sounds like a terrible Hitchcock movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's the sequel to The Man Who Knew Too Little. The spy who laughed at everything. What would make you a bad spy? My family hunts, and they all tell me that I, I can never go hunting with them because I walk. Too loud. <laughs> so I think if I was a spy, I would not be good at it because I walk too loud. <laughs> Spies aren't allowed to walk out. Well, I mean, if you're trying to sneak into a fancy party, there's always a safe you have to sneak back to. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe like, who is getting outside of the dance area? Yeah, I'm, I'm not that sneaky. If there's anything spy movies have taught me is that at some point in your mission, you're going to have to go to a party, dance with the person who's running the party, and then go behind their back and break into a safe to steal the top secret plans. And if you can't walk softly, then... You won't be a good spy. Walk softly and carry a big dance number. That's that's the spy motto. Once upon a time, I really did want to be in the FBI or the CIA. I was fascinated with spy fare. Uh-huh. And I had this brief flirtation with the idea that I could be a spy. And then Taylor told me that I couldn't be a spy because of an idiosyncrasy that I have. Jen can't keep a straight face, and she has a laugh that you can spot from a mile away. You can hear it from 10 miles away. So we want to know, let's make Jen feel better. Why would you also make a bad spy? I would be a terrible spy because I would probably say too many mom things. Like, don't do that. You know, like, put that down. That's not safe. Stop. That uranium's very dangerous, young man. Right. We can't crack a safe. That's not okay. However, my 10-year-old that is listening with me says he would not be a bad spy because really? he's small and stealthy. So, <laughs> so you can really send him stealthy? on the top secret missions and you can stay home. Yes, apparently. I have to stay home and he gets to go. Did he really say stealthy? Yes. <laughs> He really did. He said stealthy. That's so great. I think he could be a spy because they all have great vocabulary. I'm a little hurt. You are? I'm a little hurt that you don't think that I would be a good spy. Because I, I'm sorry, Jen. I, I just don't think that it's in the cards for you. Because of my laugh. Your, your laugh and the fact that you touch everything you pass, <laughs> you're going to be smearing fingerprints all over every place that you... I break that. into. Yeah, That is true. But I don't think he would be a very good spy either. You don't? No, because you would leave a trail. A trail? Of... I don't know where you're getting at. Oreo crumbs. You think I would take Oreo crumbs into a spy scene? Absolutely. You couldn't help it. You're probably right. You would be a terrible spy. I would. Actually, you wouldn't be a terrible spy. You're quiet when you go into regular situations. That's true. I just would have to not be the guy who's doing the interrogating. Oh, no. Yeah, you wouldn't be good at that. I don't want to talk to him. (laughs) He looks busy. He's can I busy. can I just send him a text or something? He's Is busy. he on Facebook Messenger? <laughs> I'll, how about I poke him first, the and millennial. then he'll poke me back, and then I'll poke him, and then like three weeks later, do we still do that? You're like, are you like the, the millennial spy? I the millennial spy, <laughs> the spy who couldn't even. <laughs> 
Hey, Kelly, how do you think you'd be at the whole spy game? Well, I think I would be a great spy until I had to be quiet. (laughs) And I'm not sneaky at all. Like, if I get up in the morning before my husband gets out of bed, the quieter I try to be, I become clumsy, I trip over things, I drop things. So he is been calling me his ninja. <laughs> so I just can't do it. So you wouldn't be able to be quiet and you're not sneaky. No. What would make you a good oh. spy? The fact that I have a tendency to know everybody and I appear to be pretty easygoing. Oh, okay. It's the networking part of it that you've got well. Networking, I would probably know. All of the foreign oligarchs, you'd be like, oh yeah, I know him. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I would recognize faces, maybe not no name. Yeah. Yeah. Kelly, not Kelly, you're starting yeah. to give us all the reasons why you'd be a bad I spy, think, hun. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> We do love our pets, mm-hmm. don't we? And and yes, I have got my dog's cones through a fast food restaurant before. And my friend has a standing order at her local fast food restaurant for her dog. I don't have a standing fast food order for my cat, but every time I open a container of yogurt, my cat finds me. <laughs> <laughs> yogurt? We don't share spoon for spoon by any means. No, that would be atrocious. <laughs> yes, but when I'm finished with the yogurt... I let him have it, and he cleans it out. He is there sticks a... his head down into the yogurt container? Yes, he does. And as a matter of fact, I've had to pull them off of his head before because he gets all the way into the bottom. Is there a flavor that he prefers? Strawberry banana, as a matter of fact. Naturally. I rolled my eyes at my friend over the weekend <laughs> as she admitted that she's got a standing order at the local fast food restaurant for her dog, Bo. It's a plain hamburger, no bun. That's The, the fact that it's a standing order is just every time you go through, you got to get it for the dog. That's exactly. a thing. That, it kind of cracks me up. And then I realized how hypocritical it was for me to roll my eyes because there's actually kind of a standing order at our local drive through at Dairy Queen. For our two dogs, because if we go through and we get ice cream for all of us and we come home with ice cream and nothing for the dogs, our dogs look at us like we're massive traders and I feel awful. And so when we go to Dairy Queen, we always get the dogs tiny little vanilla cones. Okay. (laughs) It beats Blue Buffalo. (laughs) At least your dog will say it does. I need to confess, I have bought my dog food from a drive through window. Okay, which, your dog, Lacey. Lacey. Okay. In my defense, this was the first time we'd ever taken her camping, and we didn't realize that our dog is terrified of everything. You took it, Lacey camping? Yeah, it did not go well. Your she dog was not is pleased. the biggest diva I've ever met. And when she gets nervous, she just doesn't eat. So we had, we brought along some dog food, we put it in a dog bowl, and she was having none of it. And you were worried. Lindsay was worried. I was like, she's a dog. When she gets hungry, she'll eat it. Lindsay's like, she needs to eat. We have to feed our dog. She's going to starve. And so we found ourselves driving through a McDonald's for our own breakfast because we're suburbanites. We don't cook for ourselves. We get McDonald's to cook for us. And we pulled through that McDonald's window. And as Lacey's sitting in the back seat looking so very pitiful, Lindsay looks at her and says, Lacey, do you want an Egg McMuffin? Uh And apparently Lacey said yes, so we sent back an Egg McMuffin. But wait, the Egg McMuffin was not right. The buns were just too much, so we had to take off the buns. But now there was cheese on the Egg McMuffin, and Lacey didn't want the cheese either. So Lindsay and I, the servants of this dog, peeled off the buns and the cheese until there was nothing but that little round egg patty thing. And then our dog finally dined on her McDonald's. 
Vicky, you said that fast food wasn't good enough for your mom's dog. She would cook for her dogs. <laughs> really? <laughs> what would she cook for her dog? Whatever she was having for dinner is what her dog had for dinner. You just make a little doggy portion. No, she made regular portion for the dog. A regular a portion. Regular. <laughs> if she made pork chops, she made an extra pork chop for the dog. Her previous dog, she would actually let her eat at the table with her. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That is. I am so serious. I used to get after her. I'm like, Mother, you cannot do that. It's <laughs> not good. This has been the Taylor and Jen podcast. You can hear more from Taylor and Jen weekday mornings online at life1071.com or on the Life 107.1 app.